I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? Hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 25 and preview of round 26. This episode is brought to you by, uh, sorry everyone, actually nothing funny this week. The crew here at MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast just wants to send our good thoughts and prayers to everyone in the Houston area and around. Uh, stay safe. Additionally, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome Reddit community of r slash MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by Mike Denton, Jason Wiskovich, and Tim Shaw from Soccer Captains. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well, doing well, Reed. Hello, friends. Hey, Reed. Hey, Jay. Hey, Mike. How's it guys? How are you guys doing? Good, Not good. Happy to have you all here. Uh... Tim's back from vacation. Jay's able to come back on. I know sometimes he's popping on, popping off, but we got got a good crew tonight for a very small amount of games. So, guys, I'm not going to stress you much on your fantasy knowledge, but um, we'll have some good conversation coming up, and we'll start all of that out with how did your teams do last round in the most epic of double game weeks ever, which saw our first 200-plus point scores ever. Mike. Well, um, my team scored a lot of points, 187, which is a personal best for me. I imagine a lot of people hit their personal best this week. Um, my big disappointment was in the back um, because I had Abu Bakar, and then he was for some reason benched, and I switched to Leardom, which did not work out at all because I thought Columbus was going to rotate. But other than that, Rusnak, Plata, Ladero, and then Giovinco captain came in pretty well, although I know Jay's going to brag about his Rusnak captain um but yeah 187 round rank uh 289 uh moves me to um 213 overall and i'm now at like 114 and yeah 114.6 for uh overall value so looking pretty good for the stretch yeah so uh unfortunately i can't say the same um i was telling you guys before the show started uh, i was on a I was on vacation all last week, and uh, I went on a hike that lasted about three more hours than it should have, all without cell service, so I was not able to update my team. So I ended up with a cool 65 points. <laughs> <laughs> Better than 44. Oh, God, yeah. Including uh, a nice negative three from Nate Smith on the LA Galaxy. Spent 30 minutes on the pitch, <laughs> got himself a red card. Got credit for three goals conceded, and uh, yeah, not a not a great day for uh, for your resident New York Red Bulls supporter. So, um, hey, stuff happens, and uh, I am now down to thirteen twenty nine overall, with a team value of one eleven spot five. Oh man, yeah, not pretty. <laughs> Bless your heart, Timmy. Bless your heart. Uh, goodness. I I finished with 208, which is definitely a personal best for me, uh, round rank 37. Um, I am overall rank of 73 with a team value of 114 million, 
and 20 cents. So that's pretty, uh, pretty exciting for me. Um, Mensa killed it. I, I'd like to thank uh, Andy Winter for getting me on the Mensa train. I did swap out Opari or Opare for Parker, Vasquez for Merum uh, at the last second. So that kind of hurt me a lot. But uh, Albert Rusnak, captain. Uh, yeah. Bravo, Prince Albert. Bravo. And Luis Silva, by the way. Killing it. I think he scored a goal in his last five games, and he scored two this last round. So check it out. Yeah, it was great. I uh, also had a great score. Uh, not quite as great as Jason. I finished with 206. So very, very pleased with that. Uh, for me, everything pretty much hit except for Almiron, which was a, definitely a big surprise. And I I did Captain Javenko. I stuck with that. I, I knew <laughs> yeah. you'd like that, Mike. Uh, I, the I reason did. I – Rusnak was the better captain. Rusnak was the better captain. Um, even even Minsa would have gotten you the same captain score as Javenko did, actually. But um, uh, I, I went with Javenko just because I knew so many people would, and I didn't look at – I looked at not captaining him more as a risk of losing points that others would get. Um, and if I did captain him and he didn't, and he flopped, then I wouldn't lose as much because I thought he was going to be the best or the most popular captain pick. I was like Mike, though, and, and Abu Bakar not starting, starting really threw me for a loop. So I grabbed Francis real quick, but just decided whatever and threw Gonzalez Perez into the mix, who earned my second lowest score with seven points, second to Almiron with my lowest score of the whole round. So strange, strange round indeed, but very glad I invested heavily in the Real Salt Lake players. So congrats um, to those guys for turning the season around. Congrats to you, Jason. My value is 115.6, which I feel like it went up like two whole points this time. <laughs> Um, my overall score is 2,440, and my overall rank is uh, 121. I was actually 44th for the round rank this time, so it, it was tough. I saw so many people that were talking about having these great scores, or I think one of my favorite posts was, hey, I never thought I'd complain about getting 170 points, and but I'm seeing all red arrows, so what's going on? So it was, it was massive. It was massive. They were huge points. But I will add though, that Rusnak with his 29 points was still not better than Piotti last week. I think he missed uh, uh, four points. Is that right? Piotti no, was four points. Piotti was 30. He was 30. He had 30. So. No, no, no. What I mean was uh, Rusnak was, was 26 po or, uh, four points less than Piotti was, correct? No, Two Rusnak points. was 29, wasn't he? Yeah, he had he had twenty nine points this round, and in the oh, last okay. round, Piotti had thirty points. So gotcha. Piotti was still the best captain then. Uh, so some fantasy, just general game takeaways, guys. I'm going to throw some of these out to get your <laughs> thoughts on them. And number one, I, we saw some a question on Twitter about this, and I said we would definitely talk about it. Atlanta stuttered out of the gate and didn't really seem to get it together. They they kind of saved it by the end of of the Philly game, but. 1-0 loss to Philly due to an own goal. That's They dropped three games. D.C. beat Atlanta. I think I said Philly. 1-0 loss to D.C. D.C. beat Atlanta three times. They, they could not beat D.C. Wow. even with their horrible, horrible struggles. 1-0 uh, loss to D.C. And then a 2-2 draw to Philly, which was actually a comeback <clears throat> for them. So great there. But 
Uh, people want to know, and I want to get your guys' opinions, what's wrong with Atlanta? I was going to say, you know, we know from Atlanta fans' experience that once they hit the three-fourths mark of, of the season, they, oh, they die. Oh, too soon. Um, oh, it's it's never too soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I think the real problem is they're not good on the road. Um, they've been mostly a home team all year. And while they've gotten a few, like, decent draws, I, I mean, these are a bad set of results. Um, you know, for Atlanta's power, I mean, these are two teams that are basically throwing it in the towel and for not being able to get a win out of either of them is, is pretty bad and I think shows how bad they are on the road. Um, and it'll be interesting when they get home uh, after this layoff uh, again uh, to see what they can do because they have a lot of fixtures. We're going to be talking about them a lot fantasy-wise oh, yeah. because they're playing a lot of home games, a lot of double game weeks coming up. So, um, I mean, it's probably going to be still worth investing in them because they've shown to be good at home. But on the road, they're still not um, viable fantasy options. And you make a good point because this was a double away game for them, and, and <clears throat> those home games are bread and butter for everyone. Does – does this result have you shaken any in, in wanting to go so all in with Atlanta in these coming rounds? Are you maybe going to go with a couple of guys where you may have gone with three or four? Well, I think that I'm just going to go with a few guys. I mean, I'll have to look and see how each you know week's lines up. But I think when you have that many games, they're going to have to rotate or, or they're just going to oh, get yeah. ground into the yeah. ground like Chicago that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, so I don't know how much I'm going to go all in on Atlanta double game week players. Cause if you remember the, the, the situation that's coming for Atlanta reminds me a lot. If, if y'all were around last year for sporting Kansas city, where we all loaded up on sporting Kansas city players and then they just kept getting rotated out and then just didn't perform all that well. And so we we're all stuck with terrible teams. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I, I kind of fear is coming for Atlanta because there's just going to be so much time and uh, wear on their legs, even with the break that they just took. Um, I'm kind of concerned now. I think they have a pretty decent schedule, even apart from the like the teams that they're playing, I don't think are very good. So it's probably worth some investment, but I'm not going to load up for Atlanta players coming up. No, I don't think so. I actually have their schedule up now, and good. their next six matches are all at home. So remember they had that early run of a ton of away games earlier in the season. Because you know they don't have an actual, they didn't actually have a stadium at that time. They're now all being backloaded into the schedule. However, they're now moving into Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is going to be an artificial surface, mm-hmm. whereas they've been playing on a grass surface all season. So we don't know if that's going to impact them either. So you know you got to love the support they're going to get at home from the home crowd, but it's going to be interesting to see how they manage to transition to an artificial surface. And it's an NFL stadium, too, which I think it can be kind of harder to get that same kind of atmosphere. I mean, what they had at Bobby Dowd was a lot of fans close up right there, uh, a lot of energy. Yeah. Sometimes it can be harder to translate that into an NFL stadium, which tends to be kind of cavernous. They've managed um, to do it in Seattle. They, yeah. They I was going to say Seattle, Seattle fans may disagree with you. <laughs> we, have to, uh, we have to think about – I mean, no, I'm not an architect, right? So mm-hmm. there are some stadiums where it's the sound is designed to shoot straight up. You know, think Gillette right. Stadium, but maybe maybe the new Atlanta Arena will uh, be designed, especially you know if they close that butthole roof up. Maybe it'll be <laughs> nice and loud in there. We may want to oh, edit that never- part out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all good points. 
Um, definitely things we'll talk about in the future as we get closer to those double game weeks that Atlanta has coming up. Um, Dallas versus Houston. This was, I think, the third Texas Derby that we had. And the first two, I had mentioned, I think, in one of my articles and, and that they were low scoring. And so there was really part of me that wasn't sure what to expect from this game. Dallas had been struggling. Houston wasn't great on the road. So I really kind of thought this was going to be a, another low scoring game between these two teams. And they just let it fly 3-3. With this game braced by Kubo Torres, um, it, it seems like the defensive woes of Dallas are really what keeps haunting them, even at these home games. Would you guys agree? Yeah, that's that, that was my takeaway from the game. Dallas blew, was it? I believe it was a three-one lead, and uh, they should have put the game away. But uh, I really don't know what's what's going on with Dallas. They're not keeping any if you know or many if any clean sheets uh, defensively they look atrocious offensively uh they really don't i mean this is the first game i think in a while that they've actually put up more than one goal um i'd have to go back and look just to make sure but i'm pretty sure that's that's, that's what the case is but um yeah they got blown out the week before sporting kansas city 2-0 so um i don't know i mean i believe maro diaz was injured and that's why he's not they're not really utilizing javier morales uh, I, I know they just need to get it put together and figure something out because they do have one of the better teams in the league, I think, all around, but they're just not not clicking at all. They've had a pretty heavy international schedule. You know, Kellen Acosta and Matt Hedges have been in and out pretty much the entire season, as well as some of their other guys, Guezzo, Figueroa. You know, they've had a lot of guys away for international duty, and Moro Diaz just has – played like a shadow of his former self this season. So, you know, maybe he really was the engine that made them go last season. Maybe that's what they're missing this year. Sure. And, I mean, he needs to get 100%. So I don't think any of us thought that he was 100% when he came back. Oh, yeah. No, uh, things to keep an eye. Still, still big question marks around both of those teams. Great to see Houston scoring on the road, though. Uh, Torres had had a bit of a dry spell. He came back hard. So um, Houston, still some guys to keep an eye on, I think, going forward when they have those favorable matches. Mike, this is one for you. I wanted to give you a chance, I don't know, gloat or laugh at me or something, but uh, I guess we can say Javinko is back. Three goals in two games, so doing things that he should be doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he was ever gone if you looked at his past scores. he I mean, he's been doing this. Uh, he just kind of disappointed at some of the high-profile matches that people were picking him up again. But, I mean, he's still – when he's on the field – one of the most dangerous players, if not the most dangerous player uh, in MLS. He's has the highest ceiling of any fantasy player. Uh, and I mean, really the only person in the conversation with him fantasy wise at forward spot is, is now Dia. Um, they're really in their own league as, as far as fantasy picks. Um, I mean, I, I was impressed with what he did this week. It wasn't the, the best tastiest of matches, matchups, but I mean, he made it work, you know, Worth the money? Question mark. Yes. Yes. No. I mean, now we're all at what, like one fifteen, which I mean that. Well, I mean, I mean, regardless of your scores for for this week, yeah. you felt that that investment paid off for you. I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there were that many forwards that were nearly close. Um, I mean, other than spending some in the back, but I think there were some cheap options like Mensa that did well enough. So, yeah, I mean, I was able to run 
pretty much four top field um, midfielders. I think the only place where I had to skimp was uh, with Montero. Uh, next game, of course, I have to mention this. One of the most impressive results of the whole round. RSL puts up eight goals over two games. And, uh, Mike Petke. Clearly, Rusnak and Silver are the standouts. Would you agree, Jason? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, Rusnak, number one, Silva has just been in insane form. But to be honest with you guys, too, I mean, that defense has turned it around. I mean, they kept a clean sheet in the first game. Uh, the second game, I know a lot of my uh, Burgundy Way friends and best friends from Colorado are going to get really upset, but that was an offside goal. His foot and head were offsides. What is the point in using VAR if you're not going to get it correct? I don't care that they scored um, in the actual game, but for the fantasy reasons, yes, I do. Um, Glad has been playing out of his mind. Horst has been performing admirably. Ramondo had some great saves. I mean, the, the team is clicking on all cylinders. Um, Rusnak is just a monster at home. Um, Savarino has been just a pest down that right flank. Nobody can keep up with him. I mean, he had some great tactical moves. Um, and, you know, Petke and the printer, man, it's been great. Like, they're both just – <laughs> fantastic and um we're, we're trying to get it going for real salt lake to follow me on twitter because uh trey still is not doing it and i think it's because he knows it makes me really upset and i cry myself to sleep almost <laughs> I mean, that, so. that's enough motivation for many people to do things i would think that is that is yeah. an accurate statement but uh no, trey, trey follows me uh, hey michael <laughs> so i think it's just my content is much better you're Ooh. about to get blocked Ooh. michael shots <laughs> fired shots my, fired but well, you're already blocked by beckerman so I know. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. No, that's true. But to be fair, that's what he does. He blocks things. So, I mean, you're just uh, one that's of a good point. Yeah. That's true. I know, right? He's just doing his job. I, but I just one thing before we move on I, I don't want to get too high on RSL's defense. Yes, they've got some high points. Yes, they've got some cheap players. And during a favorable match, which these both were San Jose on the road, Colorado on the road, not great scoring teams. Uh, their draw they had a few rounds ago when they were home against Houston. Houston not great on the road. They did play. I think one of the hardest teams they've played recently was, uh, and they, they had a, a win against DC with a shutout. But they, when they played Columbus, bit better of a team, gave up two goals. So it's not like RSL is the new Sporting Kansas City pinnacle of defense. Uh, it was a great. It was a great round, and so they, they got results that we'd hope for. But. Uh, not hey, hey, how about you stop being a fun sucker and stop bursting my bubble? Well, I gotta balance your homework. <laughs> I gotta balance your homeliness. Reed, I will That's say what I gotta do so. So just saying that. Twenty-eight games into the season, you know, we're coming down the home stretch. If you're playing the way RSL's playing, they could be the next sixth seed to win the MLS Cup. You Boom. know, they all right, there we go. They're Call the hot take hotline. There we go. We got one. Hey, y'all you, you think they make I, it? I this. Yes, there we're six points out from first place, and granted. Uh, I believe four out of the six teams have two to three games in hand. Um, but remember Seattle last season, I mean, they were, were they, weren't they in last place or second to last? And they just made this push and they won MLS Cup. And I'm telling you right now, Pet Key is much better than the other goofball they got going on as a head coach. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. And the question I have for San Jose fans is, is your coach. Is he has he graduated from high school? The dude looks like he's like seventeen. Oh come on! No, he's a nice guy. I mean, I mean, not, not, you know, he's probably somebody's you know 
very nice son, but I don't know this. I mean, he, he looks like he looks like he's like seventeen and a half, like for real. Well, they're all about youth down in San Jose right now, so I mean, let's just roll with it, okay? Except for Wanda, who's old enough to be our grandpa. Well, he because he's amazing. <laughs> That's U.S. Uh, men's national team star in recent call up. And TK and TK's right. Man That's crush. right. Yeah, right. I mean, Kyler would shame not you, be shame you, okay shame you for that. Don't don't slander Wando. No, I love uh, Wando. I will slander though, is I will say uh, I have my New York guys here. So with the recent draw, first draw of this this year, this season for uh, the New York Derby, does that make New York purple right now? No, New York is uh, is blue thus far this season. But okay, okay. <laughs> It's right now. It's one win in the Red Bulls column, one win or two wins in NYCFC, one draw. But you know, I still think whoever wins the playoff inevitable playoff matchup between the two teams will uh, will get to declare the city theirs. That's probably fair. Um, this was a great game. Did you guys enjoy it as much as I did? I just, I mean, the the Red Bulls attack was constant. New York's defense was admirable, and New York took the most of the chances that they did have. So, for a non double game week team. Um, it was it was great. I, I loved every minute of it. Yeah, that relentless attack made me enjoy it a little bit less than you did, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had an awesome I think time. Tim enjoyed the attack. I think you appreciated the defense that New York offered, um, which yeah, isn't at, it at weird times has been lacking. Defense? <laughs> it's weird to be able to like, oh, yeah, our defense can hold out. <laughs> Yeah, I know, and and I thought you I mean you have to appreciate Mike the capitalizing on the chances given, mm-hmm. and and also I think we all have to appreciate David Villa being like sixty yards out from goal. Yeah, I can do it. Let's My try. My God, I was I was certain <laughs> I was going in. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, that was on the other side of the stadium, but oh geez, man, if, I could, if I that had gone in, Red Bulls fans would never have heard the end recent of it. recent recall oh. of yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, I mean, who, who else on the field can take a shot from sixty yards? And people like Tim have, have to think, "Oh crap!" Oh my <laughs> god, I literally pooped myself. It was, <laughs> I was just wow. like, "Oh, it's Guilty Sigurdsson all over again." I had to go to the bathroom. It was it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> that was the people around goal. me in my section. Um, no, I. You know what? This match, I thought New York, the Red Bulls. Let me put it that way. The Red Bulls played extremely well. Um, this is exactly how you want to look going into a playoff run or at least, you know, a potential playoff run. The one interesting thing here is that much like the U S open cup match, I thought that the goalpost was the MVP of the match. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It could have easily been a, you know, three to one or four to one game, you know, new red bulls did not exactly convert on all the chances they had. I thought one, one was a fair result because even though I thought, Bradley Wright Phillips got absolutely mugged, and that should have at least been a penalty kick, if not uh, a card for Callens, which then resulted in NYCFC's goal. That was also a blatant handball in the box by Alex Wheel. So, you know, I thought it it should have been a PK for both teams, and it should have been a 1-1 result. So, you know, I thought it was a fair result. I think that the Red Bulls severely out or thoroughly outplayed NYC um, and, you know, kind of sets the stage for – you know, the playoff push, if we can go ahead and get a result down in Dallas against a team that is missing its spine right now, which I'll go into a little bit later. Um, it'll be uh, – we're, we're, we're in real good shape. Right. No, you you were right. That that scoreline actually should have read uh, New York Red Bulls 1, New York City 1, crossbar 2. So Yes, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, the crossbar switched sides after the open cut meta. <laughs> uh, no. But I, I do have to say, I I saw the interview that the Jesse Marsh gave before the game with Taylor Twelman and when they broadcasted it during halftime, and uh, I really appreciated the respect and the the credit due um, that he that he talked about Cincinnati FC. So, um, oh it was, yeah, it's great to hear what they've done be noticed and respected and not just Cincinnati to to all the people listening who have lower level teams closer to them it, it's great to hear that respect from coaches of such high caliber from MLS and just more than just the front office more than just Garber talking it's it's great to hear that kind of respect coming back from teams like that so thank you Wait, so much. what coach of high caliber talked about Cincinnati the the team that almost beat you <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I still don't like them. I, you, you still beat me, Tim, and so I, I forever don't like them. But uh, thank you. Okay, enough of that. Enough of the enough of New York. Um, Chicago just spiraling downward. Uh, some people are saying this is just injuries. I don't want to make this all about why is Chicago bad. I also want to say congratulations, Minnesota fans. First away win of the season. That's worth well, celebrating. There we go. Our, our good friend Anne Marie is very happy that she had a distraction from another No Torino game. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to point out um, 538 blog has been doing ML more MLS stuff this season. Some great comprehensive rankings of all or just 400 something soccer teams as well. But um, they had in Minnesota with a 13% chance to win. And I believe I saw that that was the lowest percentage chance to win team that has won a game this year with MLS based on 538 percentages. So, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I'm saying there's a chance, Jay. That's right. Um, bring in the cup RSL. That's what I'm saying. No, Boom. <laughs> heard it here first, everybody. You heard it here uh, but, first. But for you guys, that, that, that question, is it just injuries to the back line that is troubling Chicago? They've had that long road streak, but um, is there any cause for worry or is this just a blip in the road? I think there's some cause to worry because I think they're tired. Um, if, if you remember, speaking of FC Cincinnati, if you remember, we were all kind of shocked when they played Cincinnati, trotted out an A-plus lineup except for Schweinsteiger, and then did it again the next week. Um, they've been doing that all year without a whole lot of rotation up front, and I think it's catching up to them. Um, you know, Nikolic has fallen off the pace, but he's still getting chances. Um, it just seems like that team needs a break. So, uh, unfortunately, they don't get a break this week. <laughs> no. One of the teams that, that actually play. Um, but, I mean, they, they just look tired. Um, and, I mean, the injuries to the back line have been a lot, and there's another one that we have to talk about today. Um, you know, so you don't have that strong defense, so all of a sudden they're finding themselves in holes, and, and they don't seem quite as built to to dig out of them. It's rough. Definitely to keep an eye on um... – I still want them to make the playoffs because they've done so much to turn their, their club around that um, they, they've earned that much, I think. Yeah, it just seems like they, uh, you know, I remember when the Red Bulls played them, what they kind of did was they would allow, and actually Matt Doyle uh, mentioned this in, in a piece of his last week, you know, they would kind of allow them to, you know, maybe get, you know, about – halfway to goal from from the center line and then all of a sudden they would kind of swarm and force a back pass and then they would just intercept that take it the other way yep. and that seems to kind of been the blueprint for the teams now you know later on in the season having having, having gotten to see some film on them you know they they just kind of take advantage catch their fullbacks out and uh, get some really good chances and you know like 
like you guys said, they just seem exhausted too. So, you know, it's kind of a kind of a combination of both of those things. And, and the last game, go ahead. Oh, I, before you, know, I do want to give some credit to Minnesota. Um, the addition yeah. of Ethan Finley, I think, has really helped out. He posted another seven points this week, another assist. Um, he has really helped them become a really strong, threatening counterattacking team. Um, it seems like Adrian Heath has kind of accepted that he needs to play a little bit more defensive to cover up uh, their lack of defensive depth, and. Finley really fits into that system because he's getting out on the break. I, I think Finley is a viable fantasy option. Um, he's done it on the road in two weeks in a row against two of the hardest places to play so far in MLS. Um, and at 8.5, I, I think he's definitely someone to keep an eye on when Minnesota um, yeah. gets back after this uh, World Cup break. Great shout out. So the last game I'm going to mention, then I'll let you guys mention anything else that uh, you want to. Yeah, it has to be LA. Zero points. From this double gaming that they've had at home and away, nothing is looking at LA. And I even saw the rumor today that Dominic Kinnear is going to become an assistant coach there. Mm-hmm. So Siggy and and Kinnear, that's uh, just loading it up. So I don't know. It seems like just the just nothing is working for LA, and that's especially true fantasy wise. Even even uh. Switcheroo potential seems seems shaky at times because you never know who might show up or be away. Um, it's it's just rough times. Do you guys think they can turn anything around next year, or is this going to be? Uh, are they just splashing cash in coaching and in players now? <sighs> Tough to say, man. I mean, you know, sometimes you have a season where you just kind of fall to the bottom, and guys kind of just mail it in, try not to get hurt. You know, maybe play for. You know, personal reasons like, oh, you know, I want to make sure at least I'm playing good, even if the team isn't. So, you know, you get a little bit of a selfishness in there. But not saying that that's the case here, but, you know, from teams I've seen in the past sitting near the bottom in the MLS. Um, But, you know, I mean, they could turn out to be like Chicago next season where, you know, Chicago is sitting in the basement and then all of a sudden, you know, they have a great start to the next season. Or same thing with Colorado last year. You know, they were. It's like it's the beginning of MLS right here. (laughs) I I think. This isn't going to be the new norm for LA, but I do think that they are not going to be the LA Galaxy of the past. Uh, obviously, with the emergence of Atlanta this year, and I believe next year when uh, LAFC comes into town, they're yeah. going to be the big dogs in that city uh, for soccer. Um, I mean, for God's sake, the Galaxy have to share a stadium with the Chargers. It's horrible. Horrible luck. <laughs> The, the, the curse of Jack Murphy is following the Chargers and now into the Galaxy. <laughs> it is it is happening. And, uh, you know, I don't feel the least bit sorry for Galaxy fans because they've had so much success over the past, you know, decade and a half. And um, But they're going to spend money because that's what L.A. does. Um, they're going to try to keep up with LAFC. And um, bravo to LAFC for trolling anything that has to do with L.A. Galaxy on Twitter. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun times, fun, yeah. fun signs of things to come. Well, that's all I wanted to point out, guys. Anything else you want to point out as games you enjoyed or particularly fantasy takeaways or standouts from this big, amazing double game week? One thing, if I did not mention it earlier, Russ Snack is a god among men. <laughs> and um, I do love and miss mi capitan, Javier Morales, but Russ Snack, if he can keep this up for the next year, two years, Javier who? Ouch. Wow. Oh. Ouch. Wow. Jason is a I, fickle friend. Well, yes. you know, 
quickly thinks hey. that's how you get blocked on Twitter. <laughs> no, Javier would never block me. He loves me. I mean, he got an assist against Columbus. Come on, he's still around. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, Jason, Jason just is raw. He just lets it out and just calls it how it is. So. Yeah, I'm honest at least. Well, here. All right. So you're talking about Rosnack being a god amongst men. Uh, I have a question for you, though, Jason, involving the god. Who would win in a fight? Petke or Gad? That's a trick question. Petke is Gad. You <laughs> <laughs> used to use that all the time back at Rebel Arena. Feel free to take that. Oh, they're they're maybe, maybe growing out over some blossom. It's in my back pocket. Hey, Pecky is a handsome, handsome young man. God you, damn it, he is. Okay, okay. <laughs> sweater vest. Simmer down, simmer down. We'll get your two-person sweater vest. You can just bundle up into after the show's over. But uh, I'm just looking a, at a picture a, of him a, right now. Yeah, that'd be okay, a sexy well. sweater bundle. Okay, moving on right, to I'm our. I was going to say Ali Curtis, and that'll get rid of the Pecky talk. <laughs> moving on to our housekeeping section. Round 26 starts on Saturday, so this is. Uh, that's September 2nd. It is the only weekend start time that we're going to have of all September. Everything else, that's four more rounds. The next four rounds are all going to be Wednesday start dates. Uh, maybe more than that. <laughs> I haven't looked at October just yet. But uh, enjoy it while you can because it's just going to come rapid fire from here on. Uh, also, this is a big buy round because World Cup qualifying is back. Only eight teams are playing, so four games all of them on the second. Uh, the teams you have to choose from this round, Montreal, Chicago, New England, Orlando, Dallas, New York, Red Bulls, L.A., and Colorado. Uh, so as I, I did mention, uh, it is World Cup qualifying season. Again, it is once again upon us. Most of the teams are not playing, so nothing really you need to worry about for this round. There are a few because we do have some teams. Uh, but just do keep this in mind, mind for round 27 as well because there could be some guys who are still away who maybe be injured or just fatigue. You know the drill. Just keep that in mind because it, it is what it is. A uh, couple of Patreon updates. Uh, the scarfs have been ordered. So uh, that's a cause for celebration. I know we've been working on that all season, but it's finally been ordered. Uh, I will I will reveal who we ordered them from a little bit later. It will happen for the Patreon, everyone. Uh, those members first. Uh, I hope to have them around October so we can get some scarves and everything ready to go as prizes by the end of the season. Uh, once again, thanks to everyone who came out for the uh, little all access that we had for our, our Patreon followers. It was really great to get a chat with you all. The replays of those are available at the MLS Fantasy Boss YouTube account if you want to check those things out. It was it was really great and um we had a lot of fun. Those uh, Mike, Jason, you guys showed up. You were out of town, Tim, but did you guys have fun doing all that? Yeah, it was Absolutely. a blast. It was good to good to talk to them. Um, had some good conversations. Help help me uh, do better in the game week. I think. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And, and at this point, I also want to say thank you so much to Daniel McGuire, who is like the most patient Patreon and understanding Patreon donor that we had. Uh, just due to the way Patreon kind of works with someone who changes a donor level, I overlooked that he needed to get a mug and or a, a, a pint glass. And I overlooked it for like six months. I don't know. It was atrocious. And, <laughs> and I'm so, so sorry. But but Daniel, if you hear tonight before you've checked your email, that I shipped that today. It should get to you in a couple of days. 
uh, Daniel is still donating. So thank you so much for continuing to do that through my gross bit of negligence. Uh, and of course, thanks to everyone else who donates with Patreon to help us be able to afford the scarves and and cover the hosting fees that we have and, and the pint glasses and stickers and, and what we try to do for our fans in the league. It, it means so much to all of us that you're willing to do that. And uh, I, I just hope you continue to do it and to like the program that we put together. If you're wondering what this is, it it is literally that. You can give us money to help support this show. And we take that money and put it back into the show for the fans. Prizes with our leagues, the hosting fees, that that's expenses that we have to cover to, to do this. And uh, it is a labor of love, but it is a labor that comes with a cost. And so that just helps us cover that. If you're interested in learning more, you can head over to our Patreon website. That's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. So thank you so much. And now that brings us to Mike's injury report. And in particular, if you're able to help shed light on this, we had a question from Reddit where someone wants to know what's been up with the absence of Lee Wynn for the past two games. Um, that's a great question uh, because New England's been kind of secretive about it. I've seen one place say it's a hamstring issue. Um, I have not seen a timeline. I don't know if he'll be available this week. Um, the only thing I can say about that is at least we'll see that lineup. Um, so if you have Lee Wynn, I would definitely make sure you um, wait and check out the lineups before um, before you lock your team in. Um, but before I get to the rest of the injuries, I'm going to start with um, some stadium news. Uh, and I'll start with the, the serious one first. Um, Houston's game against Sporting Kansas City this past week was canceled due to Hurricane Harvey. It has been rescheduled for October 11th. Um, in case you're wondering if any more games are going to be canceled, our, our good friend Travis uh, lives nearby BBVA. Um, the, it has not taken on water yet. Uh, I, Houston's next home game is, excuse me, September the 9th. So I, I don't know. We don't know yet if it will be available. If they're, you know, they'll need the stadium or the resources, you know, for other things, uh, far more serious than our soccer. Um, but just kind of keep an eye on that. Uh, you know, we obviously won't have Houston uh, this week, but MLS may have some questions going forward if anything happens to BBVA or if they need it for um, staging operations. Um, so, in a little bit of lighter uh, stadium news, also involving the Dynamo. New York City is going to Hartford. Um, the game, not this yes. next week, but the coming week, uh, they will be playing at Hartford. So kind of keep an eye on that for travel and all those concerns. Um, at least give a good opportunity for Hartford Whaler gear for everyone who doesn't like New York City and even for New York City fans. Um, but now we have actual injuries. Or actually, you know what? Why don't we do uh, call-ups first? Uh, a bunch of call-ups. And the first one I'm going to have is Lawrence for the New York Red Bulls because he's not on MLS's official list because he only decided to join uh, Jamaica for its friendly against Canada, uh, I think, this afternoon. So he is going to miss the game against Dallas. Um, in, and just to say this as a preface, anyone who's on this call-up list is expected to miss uh, this week um, and, you know, questionable for next week, but we'll talk about next week, next week. So I'm just going to talk about the teams that are, are playing uh, in this coming week, and that is Chicago Fire. They're going to be missing Dax Riccardi called up to the U.S. Uh, FC Dallas is missing five players, Kellen Acosta, Tesho Akindeli, Minor Figueroa, Carlos Grezo, and uh, Matt Hedges. Uh, the LA Galaxy will be, quote, missing Clement Diop, and then they also lose both of the DeSantos brothers to uh, Mexican call-ups. 
for Montreal, they're going to be losing um, the big players, uh, Jackson Hamel, Piete, Simon, and Jamali. Uh, let's see. New England Revolution, they're losing two uh, defenders, Delamea and Watson. Uh, the Red Bulls, outside of the Lawrence one I already mentioned, are losing Escobar and Murillo. Um, and then let me make sure I have all the ones... Is that all the ones? Yeah, I think that's that's all the ones that, that are playing. Uh, now for some injuries and red card suspension. I'm going to pull it up. And, and it's too too many windows this week. Um, Galaxy right back, Pele Van Anelt. He has a torn ACL. He is out for the rest of the year. Uh, Christian Dean for the Chicago Fire uh, has a fifth metatarsal fracture. We'll miss two to three months, which pretty much puts him at the end of the year unless they make MLS Cup. Um Nuhu for Seattle received a red card. He will be suspended for Seattle's uh, next match. Um, let me see. Trying to go through because I have a whole lot of stuff. Uh, Fernando Adi also missed uh, this past week. Uh, seems like he's having some trouble. I don't know if he'll be back for this next week. Uh, Cronin for Minnesota left in the 34th minute. Not sure what his injury is. Um, let's see. Uh, Yarrow has a red card. Um, Lee Wynn, as we talked about, um, we're not really sure what his injury is. Seems like it's a hamstring. Uh, Ethan White for New York City pulled his calf muscle. Um, he was walking around on crutches, not sure uh, when he'll be uh, available again. And then um, I know this is one that's going to be really uh, tragic for Derek and our Orlando fans, but Josh Saunders is going to miss uh, the rest of the season uh, with a neck injury. And I think think those are all the ones that i have i'm trying to check all my notes but i i believe i believe that's it okay i think we're good <laughs> all right good well thank you so much Mike, for that uh, injury report as always uh, we're going to move into the round 26 preview since there's only four teams we'll do this game by game but first we had several questions from reddit that i'm going to make some time for right now so we'll call this a an impromptu q a session um, some of them are fantasy related. One of them is general and with some fantasy uh, flavor to it. But uh, the first question, guys, is, is this a game week to select all of your defenders from a single team uh, versus the sort of rainbow strategy that uh, that people usually or often have, uh, but just a single team to try to maximize those clean sheet points? A uh, little, little yes or no is, is all we really need for this, Jason? Absolutely. Mike? Absolutely not. Oh, how has your clean sheet record been compared to mine, Mike? Just want to clarify that real quick. I don't know. What is your clean sheet record? I think I'm like five and one in the last two weeks. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, Tim, can you break this tie? I, you I, love, you. I, lo I love you, Michael. Right, I love you. you. <laughs> Absolutely, maybe. Boom. Absolutely, maybe. So no help at all. Uh, okay, okay. We'll, we'll delve into this slightly. Just the first shave off the top. Uh, Mike, quick answer. Why is it not? It's not because there's not – well, let me get this a two-part. One, there's not a great clean sheet chance for you to do it. Second, the teams with the best clean sheet chance also are the ones who are gonna, you're going to want offensively. Um, if they're good enough for a clean sheet, you're probably going to want their offense too. So you're, you're going to have to mix and match on the defensive side. Got it. Jason, why is it yes? Because New England has kept a clean sheet in the last – um, like eighteen hundred home games, I think it's pretty close to that. Uh, no, they uh, no. New England has kept um clean sheets uh in the last two out of three home games. Um, 
And yes, they are without, I believe you said it was, is it Dalamea? Is that correct, Mike? Dalamea and Waston. Okay, so um, Waston's really not a big deal. Dalamea has been great for them, but they're playing an Orlando City team um, that, let's be real, is a dumpster fire. And sorry to all my friends that will at me. but I'll let you, um, I'll let you save that one for your for your team breakdown, but uh, yeah. <laughs> don't much into it. So, okay, yeah. okay. Not impressed with the Orlando attack. Uh, Tim, why are you a definitely maybe? I feel very good about New England. I'm with Jay here, but there are also quite a few New England attackers I want to get involved with. So, you know, uh, maybe I'm going to go with a 3-1 ratio here, or maybe a 2-1-1 if I decide to go with uh, Louis Robles. And that's and, and to be honest with you, I, uh, I know we'll go into our picks later, but I think that New York um, Red Bulls and uh, New England have the best shots of getting a clean sheet. I do think they will both get a clean sheet. Okay, yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So maybe not a lot of help. Um, I think you guys make some good points, though. I myself kind of fall on maybe a two-team split this round. Uh, second question, do you all think that because there are only eight teams playing that there is going to be very little – team diversity for players this week i i feel like this is a question that sort of takes a hidden shot at maybe the new transfer system this round so so my general response to this is i think probably it will be but that's not because of any changes it's just because the general structure of how just things work with mls with there only being eight teams and so fantasy wise there are only so many people that are really proven so probably but i still think that we'll have some some nice flavor options yeah i think with the call-ups too it, you have a whole lot of variables i mean we talked about new england but you know they have two center backs missing you know how is that going to affect them and i think different people can read that different ways so it's not as clear cut uh as it might be usually as usually uh, so because of that international differences that you have to factor in i think you're going to see more variance this week than you saw like last week when pretty much everyone loaded up on rusnak and valeri and it was like yay valeri scored up and i didn't get anything yeah i think it kind of gives you a chance to take a few uh take a few players that you normally wouldn't right i mean i'm looking so squarely at connor laid this week who i think is gonna <laughs> get a goal get an assist and uh and get a clean sheet it's like the old uh gordy howe hat trick where he used to uh get a goal get an assist and get into a fight <laughs> yeah yeah i agree with both these guys i think that there will be um a couple options this week like maybe uh diego fagundes that will just pop up and get you an assist or get you in a goal um but with the call-ups and injuries uh we all know everyone's going to probably have the heavy hitters but uh this is where it's going to separate uh, this could possibly separate you if you're trying to gain some ranks uh, to to throw in a couple differentials that, you know, hopefully you're rolling the dice and you'll you'll get lucky on and hit. Uh, if not, you're probably going to drop. But you know, really just depends on uh, how much you want to gamble. And the final question that we have is about LAFC coming into the league, which we've already touched on some earlier in this show. Uh, do you think that? Uh, LAFC coming in is going to mean that we'll need to definitely revisit if we want to keep unlimited transfers or go maybe a, a two to four transfers per week system because with the league being unbalanced, you're pretty much guaranteed to have a buy or a double game week in most weeks. 
To me, that's an argument for keeping unlimited transfers. That way you don't have to deal with buys <laughs> and double game weeks and all that stuff because it's going to get more of a headache next year than it would have been this year. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what the logic was behind going to unlimited transfers. Did they want to make it like um, DraftKings or FanDuel where you have basically unlimited picks each week, each week? I mean, I know they did have that partnership with them last year, so maybe maybe that was a factor. I don't know. I mean – I guess it really depends on what the motivation was in the first place to switch to unlimited. I just know that when I go to my fantasy Premier League team and I only see one transfer, I cry now. Oh, I hate <laughs> it so much. It's so hard. Yep. It's so hard. Yeah, I spend no, more time. I spend more time agonizing over the one pick I'm going to make. Yeah. Oh, I just I just use a little system. I go to a website. I'm like, what should I do? And it says this, and I go, okay. Yeah. And unless like <laughs> last week I forget to do it, and then I'm like, crap. Well, I have two trades now, so it's okay. Uh, no, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, I think definitely the system is going to be looked at again this year. And with L.A. coming in, that'll factor into what happens next year. I, I kind of feel like a broken record sometimes going all this, going over all this. But uh, I think it's all going to factor in. I agree with Mike. I, I think it's a great reason to have multiple transfers at least, be it unlimited, or if it moves to a two or four or six or whatever per, per round. I, I think dealing with those double game weeks and bye weeks will be an important motivator and a deciding factor in what happens next year. So I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm I'm loving the the potential potential. That's it's already there. I'm loving the rivalry that will be with LAFC and LA Galaxy. Um, I'm I'm loving what kind of talent that could bring in to the league. And uh, I I think it's it's a good step. I think it's going to be fun. Frustrated, yes, that it's not balanced, but I mean. We're not really playing balance games anyway. Three in your league, one away. I think we really are moving towards a system where we're having different divisions, kind of like we're having in the NFL with your conferences and whatever it is, that, that that's what we're moving to when, as our league continues to grow. So but it's fun. It's fun. It'll be fun. I want to make one point. Go uh, ahead. Talking about unlimited transfers, can you imagine this past two weeks without oh. unlimited transfers oh. you would have had to miss out on all those points because you would have had to load up on fc dallas players wild card be ready for this week or you'd had a wild card uh. that would be what we were talking about like this was so much better because we could enjoy this week and then enjoy it and i don't have to worry about who's going to get called up oh wait that would be i got randomly called up Right, right, true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on to these games. That's that's what people have come here for. Tim, kick it off. Montreal versus Chicago. So, flashback to a couple of weeks ago, Montreal handily trounced Chicago at home, three to nothing. Now, international call-ups have been made. Players are leaving. I think to start this way, I don't forget it later. I think <laughs> it's going to be a two-one win for Montreal. Um, Ignacio, Ignacio Piatti with a brace, and uh, Nikolic gets back on the board with a goal. You know, after a nice lengthy drought. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect a, a very clean game. Um, you know, b- both teams are kind of both teams are missing players. You know, both team or at least Chicago is struggling a little bit. So, uh, I mean, and I mean, Montreal is missing a couple of their. Uh, impact players with uh piatti and or sorry not piatti jamaili and piede so um you know it's a question mark as to who's going to start up top uh, is it going to be mancosu aduro is it going to be salazar so you know 
it's a little tricky to call, but I, I like Chris Duvall here. I like Ignacio Piatti, and uh, I like Evan Bush a lot in goal. So those are the three players I'm going to go with from that side and from the Chicago side. <sighs> Until you can prove that you can pull out of this slump. I mean, the fact that they're missing Daxon McCarty, I, I don't think I'm going with anybody from Chicago this week. Okay. Jason, now you can talk about New England versus Orlando. Yeah, New England revolution. Um, well, I think that first and foremost, this game is going to end uh, 2-0, uh, New England revolution winning. Uh, the reason behind that is, like I mentioned before, um, New England in the last three home games, they have won all three. Uh, 4-3 against L.A., 3-0 against Philly, and 1-0 against Vancouver. Uh, they are 3-3 three and three in the last six games, winning three and losing three. The ones that they lost have been their away games. But switching this over to Orlando, um, Orlando has lost four and drawn two out of their last six games. And, uh, yeah, they – really just haven't done anything. Um, I'm really not too worried about Orlando scoring uh, on the road this week, especially missing Kyle Lahren, Canadian Messi, who will be away. Um, yeah, I, I, I really don't – I don't like anybody from Orlando this week. Um, I do, however, for uh, your New England players, if you want to go cheap, you can get Cody Cropper at 4.0. And keeper, uh, but I'm going with Farrell and Angoa on defense. I'm not going with any of the midfielders uh, just because the absence of Lee Wynn has kind of scared me, but I do like Diego Fagundes as a punt, and I'm going with uh, Kai Kamara up top. I think that he'll, he'll put at least one away. Oh, so you're going to go with Kamara? Uh, yes, sir. You're you're not willing to to go out on one of your usual punts for somebody like uh, Nemeth. Yeah, I thought about Nemeth, but he hasn't played a minute yet, and I don't know if he's training. Um, or I mean, I, I'm assuming he's training, but I don't really. I haven't heard anything from him at all. So uh, yeah, well, he didn't I mean, have a preseason yet. Like they're not even a a teal Bunbury midfield option. I don't like, well, I said like Diego Fagundes, I think would be a good one to do. Um, but I didn't know that uh, Delamea was out. That was, that, you know, that was, I was hinging very highly on him because he's a stud. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm i going to play it safe with New England this week because I, I, I really think that uh, Kamara is going to at least put up one goal. Okay, not a bad pick. And just a couple other names I wanted to throw out there. Just I, I think absolutely fun little options. I know you love the differential, so I wanted to float those by you. Uh, Tim, Dallas versus New York, and we had a little question from Reddit in here, and uh, people are just wondering: Would there be any kind of travel concerns with the New York Red Bulls getting to Dallas? So that's sort of a weather question right there. I think Dallas avoids the brunt, and you know, I'm no meteorologist, guys. Let's, let's start off with that, or a travel expert. But uh, you know, I think the storm does appear to miss Dallas for the most part. Um, you know, worst case, they'll fly into Oklahoma and drive in if they have to. 
Um, you know, I've seen teams kind of do that in the past to avoid bad weather. So I don't think there ought to be any concerns getting there. It's just, will there be, um, you know, if they do have to do an eight hour drive, will that affect them? I don't think so. You know, I think the professionals will make it work, but, um, so to answer your question short, no, I don't, um, score prediction. Oh God. Uh, you know, I mentioned it before. Dallas is kind of missing the spine of their team, right? I mean, Moro Diaz has been a non-factor. They're missing Matt Hedges. They're missing Carlos Grueso. They're missing Kellen Acosta. So um, it's tough to say, right? You know, these guys have also given up a lot of goals recently, even at home. Um, it hasn't been the fortress that it has been in years past. Um, and Red Bulls do have an opportunity to kind of steal three points on the road, something that they haven't really been able to do too much this season. They're playing very well, whereas Dallas has not been. So I'm going to go with a 2-1 victory for New York here on the road for a big three points. I think Maxi Rudy is the one to put the goal in for Dallas early, and I think the Red Bulls fight back and score two unanswered goals to come away with a win here. Um, both Bradley Wright Phillips, nice little brace for him. Um, you know, I still like Louis Robles and Aaron Long defensively, if you can afford them. Um, at midfield, you know, Sacha questions is always is always great. Sean Davis has been playing very high up, and you know, he's he hasn't really done too much from a fantasy sense the last couple of games, but he's been very heavily involved. He is a bit of a rotation risk. He'll come out early, but um, I also kind of like Tyler Adams out on the wing. He's been fantastic. I mean, you look at his if you look at his fantasy scoring. You know, he's been he's been out on the wing for the last three or four matches, four matches, sorry, and he's put up seven, seven, four, and six. So I really like Tyler Adams a lot at four point nine. Not that money would really be a factor this week, but you know, I'm probably gonna go four Red Bulls players this week. What are your thoughts on uh Alex Mule? Well, Alex Moyle is in a very interesting case, right? Because he always finds himself in the right place at the right time. You know, his conversion has been a bit of a question mark, but that's something you can work on to an extent. But I really like how he always seems to be finding himself in a great place. And, you know, he's always he's always in the thick of it. He's always right in front of the net when the ball manages to squirt over to him. So I like him a lot too, um, but I'm interested to see if – what his minutes look like if Danny Royer comes back. Um, if I were to rank Red Bulls midfielders this week, I would go Kleschen, Adams, Will Davis. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. And, Mike, the last game, L.A. versus Colorado. Uh, again, the, a little Reddit question. Uh, people want to know your thoughts or just anyone's thoughts, but we'll have it come from you. Will the Galaxy get shut out for the fifth game in a row um, what and just by playing the Rapids, I'm going to say that they do not. Um, I think that maybe not having to try to shoehorn in Jonathan Dos Santos into their lineup will actually kind of free up Alessandrini um, to, to maybe be more creative. Um, and I mean, they, they haven't put in goals, but they've been creating chances. I mean, against New York City, they would have scored two or three if Sean Johnson hadn't stood on his head. So, uh, I mean, Alessandrini didn't miss the past week. He's had some injury issues, but he missed the last game because his girlfriend uh, went into labor. So I'm, I'm expecting him to be uh, available for this match, although, you know, with L.A., you're never really sure about anyone with an injury situation. But I, I think 
looking at Colorado, they're they're in just as bad of a shape, if not a lot worse than LA. Um, you know, they, they fired Pablo. You know, now they're trying to. I guess they're trying to be a little bit more attacking, and they just got destroyed by RSL, which is you know four goals, which is something you never would have heard of in the Pablo era. Plus, they don't have their two top keepers. Tim Howard is gone for international duty, and then Zach McMath is hurt with a torn meniscus. He should miss this game as well. So you're looking at Burner, who's a guy I've never heard of in the back. I don't think that's a great uh, situation for them. I, I think Alessandrini can get, I'm thinking, a 2 nothing win. Uh, as far as Colorado coverage, uh, if you want to bet on the clean sheet, maybe go with the defender. But their um, offensive options are gross, yuck, and no. Um, I mean, maybe Baji. <laughs> I mean, maybe Baji and his switcheroo. You know that—that's the only thing I can think of uh, out of any of these players. I, I just, you know, they're—they're they're not consistent. They don't get good bonus points. Yeah, I, I, outside of a switcheroo for any of these players, I—I don't, I don't think it's great on the Colorado side. Um, I, I would probably stick to Alessandrini out of this game, and that might be it. Score prediction. Zardes, if you want to. Oh, I said two. I said two nothing. Maybe okay, Jesse sorry. Zardes, if you want to go super differential. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for those picks. For or sorry, thank you so much for those uh, game breakdowns. Now let's move on to player picks. Uh, Jason Keeper. Uh, Mr. Robles and Mr. Cropper. Tim. I've got Evan Bush and Cropper. Mike. Bush and Cropper. Okay. Defenders, Tim. So I've got Cristoval. I've got Antonio Delamea. And I've got a little switcheroo here. I've got Farrell and Connor Lade. Nice. Very nice. Mike. Uh, I have Duvall. I have Long. And I have Angola. Because Delamea is on a... Um, Call up because I had him first, and then I realized he was called up. So I had to pull him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, what I was, that's what I was gonna say, Timmy. He's on a uh, he's on a call up, so ah, be careful yes. with that. I'm just gonna My, go with it. Perfect. I like it. <laughs> he's like, Whatever. I'm still doing it. <laughs> Differential. <laughs> yeah, my three are gonna be Farrell, uh, Anagoa or Angoa, and uh, Long. Okay, Mike, midfield. Uh, well, right now I have Lee Wynn out, but this could change a lot if Lee Wynn um, shows up in that lineup. But right now I have my uh, five mids. I have Piotti, Sasha Kleschen, Alessandrini, Bastian Schweinsteiger, and Tyler Adams. Hmm. Jason? Yeah, I have um, the stash, the Schwein. Uh, I can't think of anything created for Piotti and um, Alessandrini. And by the way, Mike, I love the shout out of Colorado being on their third string goalkeeper. That's I think LA is going to put up some points on that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, and Lee Win too. That 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 will I may get five mids and drop one of my forwards if Lee Win does come back. Tim. So right now I've got. Question, Piatti, Adams, Alessandrini, and Teal Bunbury. Ah, you went with the Bunbury. Mixing it up, man. 
Although that'll probably change the win if when is if one comes back. Okay. Uh, Jason forwards. Right now I have uh, Kai Kamara, the Bradley Wright Phillips, and uh, David Akam. Brad for his friends. Yes. My or uh, yeah, who are we at? Tim. That's right. Oh, yes. Sorry. So I have the Bradley Wright Phillips. <laughs> I've got Kai Kamara. And I've got Maxi Rudy, but I'm probably going to change him out for whoever the Montreal forward is. Okay. At lineups. We just had Mike drop, so we're going to move on real quick for. Oh, oh, he was back, then he was gone. We'll give him one quick second, see if Mike comes back. For those of you who listen or maybe are new, sometimes Mike just drops out, but he usually comes back. Once he drops again, then he comes back again, and he's back. So, Mike, who do you like for the forwards? Uh, I have a forward than a switcheroo, which is a weird thing for me. I have uh, Bradley Wright Phillips, uh, and then I have Maxi Rudy and Dom Dwyer. Ooh. I, th- I think Dom will have – I think Dom gets his first goal for Orlando this week without Kyle Aaron clogging up his pace. You didn't talk a lot about him, Jason, in your review. I I, th- I actually had him in my original uh, draft, and then I decided not to put him in because I do think that there are other better forward options. Um, I, I don't think that uh, – uh, what's his name? Dalema uh, uh, is going to be missed that much when Orlando's missing Kyle Laren, who is, in my opinion, leaps and bounds better than Dom Dwyer, even though I hate Dwyer as an SKC player, but I think he's a great forward, but I don't think he puts – I don't think he puts one in this week. Fair enough. Fair enough. By the way, I do want to mention something. Uh, I didn't include it in the injury section, but there are transfer rumors around both Rudy and Barrios this week. So keep an eye out on those. Oh, snap. Mixing it up, Mike. Okay, captains. Tim and a Reddit question here. Throwing it in. People want to know if you're not captaining Piotti, why? Well, to answer the question, um, I'm going with the Bradley Wright Phillips as my captain this week um, because I think he's going to get a brace. And, um, you know, just to mix it up a little bit. I mean, Piotti is missing some of the playmakers around him. So, you know, yep. maybe maybe Chicago just swarms him. Maybe they, you know, maybe they just stick Matt Polster to him and just says, hey, don't you, don't you leave this guy's side. Mike? Uh, if I'm not capping Piotti, it's because Lee Wynn starts. Um, I definitely want uh, Lee Wynn to take advantage of Orlando without uh, Will Johnson. Um, but otherwise, I, I think Piotti's probably the, the best shout at home against a, a Chicago team that's going to be missing a lot of its forwards. I am kind of worried about him not having Jamali, but uh, I think he his quality, we've seen enough of it over the past few years to think he, he's a pretty decent shout in what's going to be a weird week. Jason. Yeah, I uh, I have the same concerns without DZ uh, playing, but in the form Piotti's in, I, I think that this isn't a week where you try to get tricky and sneaky and, and play some differential captain. Uh, this will be a week that if you make the wrong captain choice and the captain goes off again, uh, you will be left in the dust and you will be severely regretting it like everybody who didn't listen to my advice last week with Rusnak. 
Well, you know, I can't be left in the dust because I've already been left in the dust after my. <laughs> last I don't call. I don't call Captain Javinko last round being being a, a big mistake. So. Yeah, no, 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 not, not at all. Not apologizing not for a twenty-two point captain. Yeah, I know. <laughs> absolutely, no, 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 absolutely not. No, and, and even Valeri and the other ones were still great options, but. I'm just tooting my own horn because I can. But no, but true. No, you got it. And I mean, that captain choice could have been the difference between a 200 and a sub 200 round that week. So, hey, fair enough. Uh, finally, best clean sheet chances, if any, Mike. I think this is not a great week for clean sheets. But if I have to say anyone, I'm going to say it's the Montreal Impact. And I Jason. Guess my- Oh, I, I was going to give my second one. Um, oh, I'll say Red Bulls. Question mark? <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't think this is a great week for clean sheets. Jason? Um, like I mentioned before, I think that uh, first and foremost, New England Revolution, and then you have the New York Red Bulls. And Tim. I'm with Jason here. New England Red Bulls. Maybe Colorado. Maybe. Mark. Okay, we can do that. All right, guys, thank you so much for those tips and game breakdowns, and I hope people found that helpful with uh, the reduced player pool that we're working on. Moving to wrap things up, now it's community time, my favorite part of the show. The r slash fantasy MLS top scorer for this round was actually the top scorer for the entire week. Goes to uh, Ginger Balls, manager of the team, zero quality. That, my friend, is wrong your team had all kinds of quality 220 points highest score ever yes good job ginger good job great <laughs> score amazing amazing uh, hey real quick yeah Wait, i gotta go oh well jason you have a plug um no betke is good are you gonna have yes. an article this week probably not um oh. if anybody doesn't know i did lose my job so um, I've been on the job hunt. Uh, yeah, so that's been kind of my thing. But, uh, yeah, um, I love all of you guys. Thanks for donating to Patreon. I love you forever. Thanks you for too, being awesome. Love you, Timmy. Love you, Michael. Love you, Reed. Love you. MLS, give this guy a call. Yeah, uh, Real Salt Lake, follow me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mic drop. He's also just left because he doesn't want to hear what I have to say coming up. Uh, the Patreon League, oh. RJ <laughs> number one spot. Alex Bruni stays at number two, and Matt Lipman moves up to number three. So uh, things seem to be starting to solidify there in the Patreon League, but there is still room. Sorry, RJ. People could catch you, so uh, go for it, guys. Uh, now the host head-to-head league. Um, Jason had the highest score going yeah. into the last game, <laughs> and then it ended – and auto subs happened. And that's when Jason went from number one to number two. Uh, and fantasy football 24-7 subs came in. And um, it just happened. He he fell out. In the end, the top three stayed the same. I am first. Fantasy football 24-7 is second. And Andrew Crawlard is third. Though it's very tight. So one loss, one misstep, especially this round, could, could change that drastically. Um, I beat Blaine this week. Very tough. 206 to 194. Uh, came down to difference of captains right there. Uh, Phil went up against Jason and lost a close game. 193 to 208. Fantasy Football 24-7 took on Ivan from Fantasy Football first, and they won handily 216 to 167. Uh, Tim, you had a game against Andrew Crawlard? Let's just uh, move on. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> you know what? I beat, beat Andrew Weeby. You did. You beat Andrew Weeby. And Andrew, Andrew Weeby. Crawler did not crack 200. So he only got 197 points, but still, it's all good. Uh, Simon took on Mr. Guy Sanchez, beat him by over 100 points, 182 to 80. Ben Bear from MLS took on Mike. Yep, and I have to give some love to the Portland Timbers for not letting Valeri take that uh, penalty kick because Valeri was Ben Bear's captain, and I beat him by uh, 27 points, uh, <laughs> 187 to 160. So nice, a nice score. And then finally, Travis took on Andrew Weeby, and he won handily 164 to 50. Congrats, Travis. Be safe. Next week in round 26, I am taking on Phil. Blaine is taking on Ivan from Fantasy Football First. Jason is taking on Tim. Uh, Simon is taking on Fantasy Football 24-7. Ben Bear from MLS is taking on Andrew Crawler. That will be a good one. Uh, a couple of very tough matches there for first and second. Simon, you better come through to keep Fantasy Football 24-7 out there. Uh, Andrew Weeby is taking on Mr. Guy Sanchez, who's also been struggling. So I don't know if he will beat the taco this round or not. I think and then finally, game. Mike, you're head-to-head -head with Travis. I know that's a terrible matchup. He's just sitting at home. He's doing his research. He's going to kick my butt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's what we have. Uh, it's been a, a fun head-to-head -head season so far. Uh, I hope everyone else is enjoying their head-to-head -head leagues as well. That's all that we have for the show this week. Uh, Mike, anything to plug? Uh, nope, just at MLS Injury News. Follow me. Send me um, Injury News. I always appreciate it. Tim. Soccer Captains on Twitter, Soccer Captains on Facebook, www.soccercaptains.com. Soccer Captains on the internet, too. And, uh, of course, you can catch what I do over at uh, MLSsoccer.com in the fantasy section for articles. I'll have probably a couple this round. Uh, you can also check out all the articles that get posted over at MLSfantasyboss.com. Uh, the charts, the stats, the XG numbers, the predictions, everything that comes out, it's it's worth worth looking into at some point during the week. And you can head over to r slash fantasy MLS to join a great community with great posts and insight. Rate my teams. Uh, rosters get posted. It's a very fun community. And I dare say a must visit if you're hoping to be competitive in this game or just want to have fun. It's all good. So with that being said, good luck.